And hey everyone, welcome to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and social commentary from an Asian and American perspective. I'm your host Marvin Yue, and joining me as always is my co-host Christine Minji Chang. What's up everyone, and Marvin's in yet another country. Hey, I'm coming at you from Japan this time. Um, it's just been the last couple of days in Tokyo, and uh, it's my second time here, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's interesting, again, just, just um, different cultures, just going and being in like three different countries in the span of like three weeks jet setter <laughs> yeah it's um it's been fun it's actually been really crazy i've been um running into a lot of people that i haven't seen in a long ass time um so i have a couple i have a friend that lives here that i went to um, grad school with that i met up with um, another friend that i went to college with uh, she's in the air force so she just recently got stationed in japan um, a couple months ago, so I met up with her today. It's been a lot of reunions this past couple of days, which is crazy because we're like, we're all across the world now. That's cool. Are they like, are you, did you pre-plan this or did, are they finding it out because you've been posting photos on, on Facebook and stuff? Most of them, well, one of them I knew lives lived here, so um, I planned something with her. But the other is just found out because, yeah, because I've been posting a lot on um, Instagram and uh, Snapchat. I actually had like a very... Because like, I tried to periscope today um, when I was in Tsukiji, the fish market, and I realized like I can't do like all of these. I can't like I don't know how Aaron does it. I don't know how anyone does it to be honest. <laughs> I think I can like I can do Snapchat and I can do Instagram, but it's just like you know the problem is just you're switching between apps so much yeah. that like it kind of takes you out of the experience because right. like you're holding everyone up, which is you know kind of the knock on these apps but at the same time like i think i need to decide when i travel to either do snapchat or instagram or like find a way to like to like i guess specialize like certain things this is snapchat and this is instagram but try not to do both see this is why when people who are professional social media ers <laughs> they usually have another person going alongside them to either be their instagram husband or like <laughs> Or their, you know, their Instagram, their photographer, or running their. Per- I I just feel like there's two, you, you're only one human being, and you're supposed to be there experiencing it. There's no way you can do all of the things at once. And if you can, then you're a cyborg. I don't know what to do with you. It's just yeah, it, it's it's like all those you know people that are like ripping the lid off Instagram, saying like this all manufactured, it's all fake. I'm like yeah, because like if you really want to capture moments, like you can't really use any of these. Like Snapchat. Maybe, but um, at the same time, Snapchat does take a while to load. So, like, you're not going to tell them to hold on. No, I know. I would be like, okay, don't do that. Do do it again. And I did that during Christmas a lot. I was like, hold on. (laughs) And the funny thing is my family really appreciates it because I think objectively you get annoyed because you're like, okay, wow, you're always on your phone. Get off your phone. You're being annoying. Be with us, right? But then at the end of the day when – I showed them the videos and I used to, I was vlogging for a hot second and then that totally fell off the face of the earth. But they really appreciate it. They're like, oh, how fun. You captured these funny moments, you know. And that was ba- that's basically me at the holidays whenever I'm with my family. Do that again. Wait a second. Shh. Wait. Yeah. I try not to do that as much. Um, I think the most disruptive I guess maybe like don't touch that dish until I take a picture of it. Oh, yeah. That, but in terms of like... like <laughs> I think my Snapchat, I usually just try to, it's like trying to get a sense of, you know, I really like taking videos of just people in motion. Like, 
on the way from train to train or like traffic on the intersection things like that that's how when you're you i feel like i'm with you by the way like that you're totally right about your style like when you're snapchatting i feel like i'm walking essentially beside you which probably i am because if you're at you're holding your phone like chest level that's where i am and you're like walking through traffic i was like oh i'm walking through tokyo that's the plan yeah and then like yeah but with my like my instagram i usually just i take the pictures normally and then i now that you know instagram can you know you you can fit like an actual picture in it like it's a lot easier to just you know snap after like put in a snap afterwards so we're not like manufacturing stuff (laughs) gotta be real be authentic Uh, except the instagram husband has been the cover's been blown it's really funny though. Okay, so like Anyways. on the social media thing, I got a I got a email one of my newsletters of my many that I get suckered into subscribing to. I don't even know how, but I got an email of I think it was like seventeen Instagram trends that need to stop in twenty sixteen, <laughs> and it was it was all the and I'm such a it's so embarrassing because I half of them I do all the time, and one of them was like the food thing. Like okay, we get it. You're at brunch, the overhead brunch shot. They're like, we get it. You're at food. It's, you're eating food. It's delicious. You're beautiful. It's Sunday. Stop it. Like, we don't care. And then another one was <laughs> the latte art. Totally true. And that's already been dying out. Uh, um, the other one's like the... Yeah, it's, it's not as special thing. anymore, neither. Unless it's like some sort of like fancy latte art. Like, if you make like a raccoon, maybe I'll take a picture of that. Or like a rhinoceros. But a leaf? Like, come on. Something unique. Come on, guys. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's why, like, I've been mostly relegating, like, normal food pictures to Snapchat because that just goes away. I just, I just want to show up that at me like a giant hot dog right now, you know. <laughs> I don't need to I don't need to record that for Instagram. But, like, I think for this trip, I've been doing a lot more snaps on Instagram, food snaps for Instagram. But that's just because, like, I come to Asia maybe, like, once every couple years. So. I haven't been there in know, 10. It's special. I need to go. Yeah, you should. Was, I was 19 the last time I went. So it's been a minute. Uh, I must go. <laughs> well, on that note, let's move on to um, each and every week. We start our podcast off with a little roundtable discussion um, when our our hosts and guests bring a table topic to discuss that's been on their mind. Um, for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about my trip to Asia. And I guess, you know, we've already started talking about it, so we can talk about some more. Um, this week, I'm in Japan, um, Tokyo uh, specifically. Um, it's my second time here. First time when we came here was uh, with my classmates from my grad school. We took a, we had a one of our class, the one I met on, met up with on Sunday, um, planned a whole trip for us. So went to like you know, did all the touristy stuff last time. So this time it's all about the urban exploration and um, my usual thing, which is just um, people watching, eating. Um, I'm here with my parents and my brother. Actually, it's our first international family trip, and maybe. 10 years so it's been kind of fun very cool my yeah uh, my parents you know they um since they moved um to asia they've been you know they've been taking a lot of vacations together and this is just something that other people have said about my family and Uh uh-oh so no no it's it's more um so most um so my parents are both 60 like 60 and 60 i think 62 my dad's 62 and usually when you're, you know, at that age, I don't know, it's they, people slow down, right? People start, you know, staying home, not going out as much. But, like, my parents still, like, 
when they're in Taiwan, they go out to the fireworks in um, Taipei 101. They do like they brave the crowds. They go, you do know, they go clubbing? shopping. They go sightseeing. Not really. They like hanging around like Starbucks's. Okay. <laughs> like tonight, uh, my parents and well, the, my whole family went to like the Isekai and just like drank beers all night long. So, That's cool that you can kick it with your parents like that. Yeah. My family. I mean, we're kind of like my my parents are not inactive we take a lot of walks and hikes together that's what i appreciate my dad's very outdoorsy and athletic but <clears> that's cool that you can go to venue like my dad hates I, I can't imagine going to like a bar with my dad or a lounge um for like live music i took my parents to vegas one time that was not a good idea i probably have talked about this on the podcast oh. before but it was bad call yeah um yeah, my yeah. parents. My parents love. See, that. I mean, that's cool. It, again, every family has their thing. We go to like random saloon towns in Nevada. Uh, how was um like? What, where'd you go? Like nowhere. <laughs> we went nowhere. It actually worked out for the best because I got sick anyways. But all of the plans basically re- retracted down to let's just stay home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of staying home. But we stayed home and made prime rib, so that kind of made up for it. And it turned out pretty perfect, so no complaints. That's nice. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cool. I had some really good sushi this morning. I'm so jealous. I hate you. You're sharing all these photos. <laughs> we have our line chat for our Collaboration LA staff, and he keeps sending photos. And I'm, ugh. <laughs> and you send them at the like most hungry moments of my life, it seems really? like. Yes. What well, the wake up like we woke up like super early to go down Sakiji, which is the fish market here, and then um went into the inner market where all the good places are and just bought a bunch of sushi. Uh, had some good fatty tuna. It was delicious, but now I am like so tired. Rub it I've in, been up for probably like twenty hours now at this point. I, well, I took a nap in traveling. between, but like See, um, if I was you, I would already be like having pneumonia right about now if that was me. <laughs> Yeah, especially when it's like zero degrees Celsius outside. Honestly, though, like, I think it's cool that you're doing that. Here's my thing. I've never particularly wanted to go to Japan. Um, I'm, like, curious about it. But then I think it's also the idea that it's so crowded. Like, all the photos I've seen, it it looks, you know, incredible for its own. Re- but, like, I guess it kind of just reminds me of a, 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 a way more high-tech New York. And Mm -hmm. that's already overwhelming as it is. So I'm just like, I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I think especially now, I need like a country. It is sensory overload. It's like, um, so I was talking with uh, my friend who's in the Air Force here, base here. And just just the fact that like, so you know the big like crossing that you see in all like the movies that take place in in Tokyo? Um, That's in Shibuya. And uh, I went there a couple of times over the last couple of days. Shibuya. (laughs) And um, basically, imagine Times Square, but like where all the um, all the video screens mm-hmm. were playing like loud sounds too. We're like, I can't I can't even? It's like so. It's visual. Yeah. It's audio, and it's crowds. And I don't know. I I I'm, I think I'm into it. I really like it. I, I want to experience <laughs> it at some point, but I think yeah, maybe it's maybe this point that I'm thinking about it after having traveled a lot this year. And this is that funky in-between week between Christmas and New Year's where I feel there are half the people are on vacation or people are on vacation mode but still at work. Everyone's just in this fog. They're like, I don't know what to do. I'm in like complete hermit crab mode. I don't want to really do or see anybody. I've just been Netflixing a lot and 
nursing my cold wounds. But that that idea just stresses me out right now. <laughs> On another day, I'd be totally down. I'd be like, yeah, this is amazing. We're going to make a movie here. I'm going to vlog it. I'm going to Instagram the crap out of this <laughs> right now. Oh, I'm just like, let me go back to bed. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a difference between like staycation mode and vacation mode, right? Right. Like. Staycation was all about, you know, relaxing, recharging, kind of doing your own thing. Yeah. Maybe reading a book. I don't know. I have been. This is my thing. I've been trying to, I mean, this is going way into my personal life, but I'm just really kind of burnt out this year at this point. It's been an amazing year. But like, I looked through, I actually spent a moment in bed looking through my Instagram, um, my own thing, you know, kind of just taking a moment to reflect on the year. And I'm like, holy crap, I... I haven't sat still for most of this year, which is great because there's so many great memories and I've done awesome things with like friends all over the country and it's just been awesome. So many events and so many really, really awesome moments, but it's exhausting. Like I looked at it and I got tired. I was like, this is why I'm sick. This is why (laughs) this is why I don't want to move right now. And so right now for me, it's definitely trying to regroup. Um, And I think everyone really needs that. Again, well, actually, you know, I'm just like intuitively speaking, I think that everybody needs a time to recharge, but I definitely haven't. It's been a long time since I've recharged, but uh, that's that's my state. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to force myself to watch some new shows, um, read some books. I went on Kindle and downloaded some books and I'm trying. I spent an hour last night reading a book. That was kind of crazy. I don't remember the last time I did that. Do you like reading on Kindle? I feel like, like I feel like if I'm like if I'm actually like if there's a book I actually want to read, I'm gonna get the actual book. Well, I love the library first and foremost. I don't buy a lot of books. I love borrowing books, even though I always never return it on time. Mm. Um, but Kindle, I have the one of the earlier gens, so it's super flat and there's no touch screen or none of that. It's super super basic. So I like it because it's it's easy on my eyes. And it's light. Right. But yeah. No, I could see how like the Kindle fire and stuff. I was like, this is just another iPad. <laughs> like it's burning your whole, burning your retinas. I don't know. Anyway. Um, one of the things that I'm thinking about now, because you're talking about Japan and maybe this like totally overrules my table topic, but I have been thinking a lot about this whole settlement between Korea and Japan that happened, what, yesterday? Yeah. They've been talking about that a lot on the... um on the news here, I can't understand what they're saying because I don't speak <laughs> Japanese. But it's been like, you know, they've been showing a lot of pictures of the statue, uh, the memorial statue that um, there's a lot of controversy over. Yeah. I mean, th- here's the thing. The optimist in me, the peacemaker in me, the community leader in me, I'm like, this is great. Because to have somebody, especially the government, to acknowledge, and I'm watching Making a Murderer and it's, dr- oh my God. But, um, Anyway, speaking of the Japanese government, for any government entity to, you know, officially make apologies and make, you know, millions of dollars of reparations, it's a big deal to to get somebody to publicly do that. So I appreciate that. And I think I'm also like I hate long, prolonged uh, bitterness and feuding. So I'm like, let's move on. You know, this is that's a good thing. But then, yeah, I don't know. I think it's also programming like my I've been raised to here's the thing. I don't personally have anything against Japanese people at all, but I feel like there's all these micro things that like I know my dad doesn't and like he has a lot of uh, 
all this stuff. Like, and that's real. That's very real for him, and it's real for his generation. Why he can't let go of that stuff? Well, I mean, that kind of stuff. We were actually talking about this with my dad, and a lot of it is just like people from our generation were a whole generation removed from anything to do with the whole um, Imperial Japan um, and World War II. Um, your father and my father grew up listening to stories from their fathers and their parents and that generation who experienced things firsthand. So they were taught, you know, maybe like maybe even like indoctrinated with, you know, negative feelings about the Japanese. Right. Whereas, you know, our generation, we're a generation removed. Um, we're a little bit like we're, we're hearing a second hand from our parents. Right. So I think that kind of allows us to have a more objective perspective with it as well because we don't you know um the hate it's been a little yeah diluted over the generations so and then i mean our generation too the 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 millennials let's just call it what it is yeah um we're we're more globalized as a culture too like or not globalized but like globally aware right and it's um, also we just grew. I mean, because we grew up in the states, particularly, it's we're exposed to a lot more. You know, it's. I really wonder what I would be like had I grown up in Korea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just surrounded by ninety nine point nine percent Korean people. I grew up around a million different kinds of people, and I love that. Yeah, like we know Japanese people. We know people of Japanese descent. We know people from a lot of different cultural backgrounds, which is kind of a unique thing. For that's kind of, I guess. Um, what am I trying to say? That's kind of the cool thing about growing up in the States is because we're exposed to a lot of cultures that if we were anywhere, anywhere else in the world, we'd be a lot more isolated, you know? But then I think the the part of me that's conflicted is that I don't want to disrespect my father's... He, I've, like, I've literally fought with my dad about this because he wouldn't buy Japanese products, which is kind of impossible given that like most electronics you know, and everything... Um, we own a Sony TV, but he had that was like he just really wanted that TV, but he wouldn't get a Toyota. You know what I mean? Like he wouldn't buy Japanese cars. He had this really deep seated bitterness, and it has to do with my grand, my dad's grandfather and things like that. And he would make commentary and things like that, and I'd be very defensive. I was like, you can't blanket hate everybody, and I don't think that they're that bad, and I don't see why you not buying a Japanese like we were just getting into these like theoretical arguments when I was like 12 you know um but I can like getting older though and going through my own life experiences I don't want to disrespect my father's experience like as much as I hate the fact that he's so angry I'm like, he's not really that angry anymore he's just but he just never I don't imagine he's gonna be like yeah let me go hug a Japanese person which is sad right but is it worth fighting about or just like telling him he's wrong? I don't know. It's more like well, I mean, I'm going to live my life and I'm not going to be hateful and I'm not <laughs> going to be bitter about it. So I mean, the, the, I think the big thing is just like we're not like the country is like our what I'm trying to say, our ethnicities isn't tied to like sometimes it's hard to separate ethnicity from politics. Right. Right. Like Imperial Japan and current the current Japanese, like, they're not the same. Oh no, there's nothing. I mean, body, I, you know? Yeah, yeah. At, not at all, not at all. But yeah, I'm just. It's it's so it gets, it's personal. It's layered. I'm real. I'm personally really glad that the settlement happened, and I hope 
I mean, people are going to be arguing. Like the older generation, they're definitely. I heard they're really pissed off in Korea that they're not mm-hmm. happy with it. They think that it's um, not enough and that it's. You know, I'm sure there's. I can just hear all the arguments. Like they're not being genuine about it. Like, blah blah blah. Well, I mean, at the same time, you have nationalists in Japan saying that why are we apologizing that? Exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing with you know, like the whole apology for Japanese internment. Like that settlement wasn't much, but symbolically, it meant a lot. That like a whole government body was like apologizing for. Well, I remember that then, like when um, this whole controversy has been going on for years, right? Because I mean, they were Mm -hmm. trying to. Um, make this settlement. I think since the nineties, there. I mean, this fight's been going on since <laughs> World War Two, but this woman came out with some book. Um, a Korean woman. She wrote a book where she did all this research and did a lot of analysis on the situation by interviewing lots of different parties involved to just kind of get a more um, well, you know, the background, right? Like, what was the actual experience of these women? What were the actual politics involved? And her book included some uh a theory you know some information saying that it was never the japanese government that officially put the whole comfort women thing into practice it was it was you know individuals it was private parties it was and they said there's actually there's some uh she put it out there that you know there are even uh, korean conspirators like co-conspirators like there are korean people that were paid money or helped make this happen right and oh my god if you (laughs) this just caused so much backlash where they're just calling this woman a traitor and you know she was she she tried to put out this let's pump the brakes here right are you telling me that people are saying that what they believe is more important than the facts pretty much <laughs> who would do that i don't know there what kind of people would world. do that there are people in this world apparently who do that and she put out all this other stuff too where she interviewed comfort women and um you know there were stories of they actually fell in love with japanese soldiers that there were actually some japanese soldiers that were kind and not like you know beating and raping them all the time but you know again this is she's trying to like get the full story and the fact that any of this was mentioned to put any sort of positive light or less than villain villainizing light on this you know they're just calling her a traitor and that she's pro uh, pro japan blah 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 and like telling her she needs to you know get out of korea and all this stuff and then in japan they were giving her awards they're just saying like she's a ambassador of peace or something. i forgot something like really it's just i don't know I, I i hope that this is some sort of symbolic like truly a moment of let's let's settle it for real it's a very historic. Thing. I mean, I don't think it'll. I don't think it'll ever really be settled. I mean, it's yeah, part of history. Settled, I think recognizing is a big step, um, and I think you know, it's always tough because we're dealing with nations and we're dealing with nationalism, and like I was listening to this other podcast just talking about how like there's a lot of nationalist movements going on all around the world now in Europe, like in Greece and Turkey. Um, like even in the United States, like <laughs> you're getting the rise of like really nationalist like uh, philosophies, like you no know, like anti-immigrant, pro you know like sovereignty that kind of thing. And it's actually kind of you know if you really think about just how many of these movements are going up in all these different countries, world, it's like it it's kind of mirroring the build up to the First World War. Yeah, it's like I don't know. They, they say history repeats. 
like human beings are prone to repeating the same mistakes because we're all, you know, we're short term. You know, we think about things in terms of our lifetimes, not not our, you know, species lifetime. You know, this is why we gotta be the positive influence, Marv. Here's my thing: is that I grew up like you know, being Korean American, I was very much infused or like programmed, and not for bad. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but you know, be very very proud of being Korean, right? And and even to a degree when I don't want to be, I still am. I'm very, you know, when there's something Korean-American related, it does pique my interest. I want to understand what's going on. Um, lately, it kind of deterred me. I didn't want to be related to anything Korean because there's just parts of my culture I'm just not a fan about. But at the end of the day, I think there's nothing wrong with being proud of who you are, where you come from. Having some sort of like nationalistic pride is not a bad thing, but if it turns into something hateful against everybody else that's where i see that there's a big problem maybe that's my privilege that i've been allowed by living in a diverse community right by being raised around so many other cultures and so many other races and nationalities that you can coexist do you know what i mean it's not like it's so simple there's a lot of competing factors but i'm friends with so many different people from so many different backgrounds i'm not of the mind where like we cannot coexist peacefully. Just let people do their thing. Let them believe what they believe. You do your thing, and it's chill. That sounds so millennial. Don't care. I don't think that's so. my I think take it's on just it. And like, you need a balance between pride and respect, right? Right. Exactly. There you go. Too much pride isn't good. You need like you know you need to you need to balance it out. Like like having pride in what you do is part of like let's go really micro in like day to day life. Like being proud of what you do is what leads what encourages you to do a good job right that's what pros like real professionals who love what they do like they do things well because they're proud of it they and you know but they also need to balance up with respect they need they need to respect what they do you know they need to you know have some i think that's where the constant honor comes in right where it's like mm-hmm. you know i respect my profession that i don't want anyone to like i don't want like to <laughs> bring shame like you know like i don't want to you know shame on your family. like i don't want people to Sound i don't want people to, to think badly of what i do who i am and right. like when you're not respectful of others you start feeling that like your point of view is infallible right or your point of view is the only right, right one and that's where you come well that's when it comes to like political discussions becoming heated and instead of just talking about the policies or the politics you start talking about you're stupid you know well your face is dumb and that's why you're wrong i'm these remind me of some political debates that have been happening on tv lately anyway that you've been missing out on um yeah i mean for me here's just getting real personal with me not even see for me the japanese korean conflict has been very minimal like that's not even a thing for me in my life my life has more been about this is the funny thing that i've been discussing with all my friends because this is my second holiday season in la i was raised in norcal my entire life right and this is the joke like oh so you hate la you know that was just the expectation of when people find out i'm from norcal and looking back on it it's totally true and i was such a hater i was such a uh norcal pride which is not bad i will be proud of being i'll be proud of from being you know being from there forever i love my roots i love where i grew up but the part that i don't like and the part that i realized once i left it was 
why was there so all this unnecessary hate on on SoCal? I mean, I get it. What, what, it's like when you're 18 and you just think that everything that you do and everything that you like is the shit and everything else that it's not that is stupid. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a very immature thing. I, I mean, and, and that's why I just I was like it prevented me from appreciating stuff that, you know, I don't know. I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're like, talking about stereotypes, idiot. I mean, the Bay Area stereotype is you guys are kind of smug up there. You guys kind of think you're your hot shit, you know? You got Google well, and thing. Facebook and there stuff. There are people who are the there, – there's there is a lot of hot shit. But the thing that has uh, been, you know, apparent to me by just living life and going different places, there's cool shit everywhere. You know what I mean? San Francisco is amazing. I will never stop saying that and I'll never stop believing that because a lot of things that are unique to San Francisco – you will not find anywhere else in the world. It is, you know, Silicon Valley is incredible. When I'm there, I'm just awestruck because I'm like, the things that are happening in this small area, this small corner of the world is literally impacting the rest of the entire world, the rest of humanity, right? And I'm not trying to like overgrandize, but I'm saying like, I feel the same way about LA, you know? Every, there's something and there's something cool and something unique and something crazy about every different place that ironically it kind of makes us all the same do you know what i mean like there's something special and everyone's special so they're not yeah <laughs> like that's what i want to kind of it just kind of comes full circle like yeah you're cool but there's a lot of other cool places and just because there's another cool place doesn't mean you're not cool it just makes them different that's the part that gets kind of middle school like why do you have to be the hottest shit it's like the mean girls what are you trying to prove like you're cool and everyone knows it. You don't have to be the only <laughs> one. There's there are more places at the table. It's all right. It's yeah. Just my... I mean, you'll never be <laughs> as bad as New Yorkers, so it's all good. Well, that's the thing <laughs> that they say like New Yorkers are always like, "Oh, we're so hard, but like we're actually the nicest people." And then, well, they make fun of LA because they're like, "We're actually nice on the inside. You guys are nice on the outside and horrible on the inside." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I don't know." I don't know. Sounds like you got that part backwards, but whatever. No, I don't like, I don't know. New York scares the crap out of me, exhausts me, but it's an amazing city. Sometimes I feel like I'm just too soft. My friends have made fun of me. They're like, you're too soft, too, too soft to live in New York. And I'm like, <laughs> you jerks. Well, step one, you gotta Anyways. start dealing with the crowds. You gotta be okay with like having your f- personal space invaded all the time. Well, no, I mean, I lived in Europe and I, you know, I, and I lived in San Francisco. I I love crowds. I love urban areas. I think it's just again right now where I'm. My body is frail, and I'm just tired. I'm like I don't want to go. No, leave me alone. Well, we're gonna let you rest for a little bit um, while we take a quick break. Um, talk about some collaboration updates, and then we'll be back to talk about 2016, the new year. This podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization dedicated to discovering, elevating, showcasing, and um, connecting. Connecting, right. Asian Americans in the creative fields and entertainment. And you get used to saying that because we're going to say that a lot. And I keep flubbing it. And thanks for this, Minji. But hey, it's the end of the year. And oh my god, what episode is this? 40? Episode 48. Yeah. And you know what that means? 2016 is right around the corner. Literally. 
like in a few days. It's going to be 2016. And Collaboration is recruiting. Join the movement. So if you're interested in <laughs> joining the movement, um, <laughs> check out collaboration.com. Check out collaboration.org. We're going to have information up uh, pretty soon about um, how you can join your local city team um, to help make collaboration a, re- a reality in your community. And uh, if you don't have a collaboration in your local um, city, uh, shoot us an email at info at collaboration.org and we can talk about, you know, potentially bringing collaboration to your city. Do it. Sorry, that was like such a lame plug. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's my cool. brain is a fog, you guys. No, I really want you guys to. I, here, here's my my spiel again. If you have always thought about it, this is what the New Year thing is all about. Give it a go because you get to meet cool people and try new things and make a lot of inspiring events happen. And I can't speak on behalf of everybody, though it is kind of my job. And I think a lot of people have had a lot of uh, meaningful experiences and learned a lot about themselves so consider it check us out and give us a holler if you have any questions yeah and speaking of 2016 um haikus for hotties 2016 calendar is on sale now at haikuwithhotties.com but if you would like to win yourself a free copy you can do so by submitting a haiku of your new year's resolution to to podcast at collaboration.org um you have a couple more days um until that's due so yeah get those entries in and we'll pick two winners and we'll read their haikus on the air next week it's gonna be awesome yeah we will and yeah speaking of emails um if you have any emails questions um quizzes or just uh any comments yeah um send that over to us at podcast at collaboration.org we always love reading them and if you are subscribed to us on iTunes, um, you can help us out by giving us a quick review on iTunes. Um, giving us a star rating and a review helps us get uh, more exposure out on the iTunes charts and hopefully bring more listeners over. So we thank you in advance for your generous rating. And that's about it for me. Do you have anything, Minji? Not that I can think of. I think my brain is mainly on, you know... 2016 which which mainly is foundationally provided by our staff so i'm hoping a lot of really great people in in the play right so yeah have a great new year's get your haikus in uh get your applications in to join staff and we're gonna make 2016 the best year ever 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 (laughs) now back to the show And we're back. Welcome back to the Collabcast, episode 48. I'm your host, Marvin Yue, along with my co-host, Christine Minji Chang. And Minji, do you know what this week is? Really cold. It's the last week of 2015. It is. Wow. I'm kind of not in, I'm in denial or indifference of that. Oh, yeah? You're ready for this year <laughs> Why to be does it over? Feel so, not real. no, I just, not even, I want it to be over. I don't feel it. I don't feel the change. I don't. To me, I know it's happening. I just don't feel it in my soul. <laughs> well, again, I feel like I'm in this weird limbo of between Christmas and New Year's, where all I care about is having tea and watching movies. That's not a bad place to be. 
lot of great movies no, coming out. I'm not complaining. I'm saying that's where I am as opposed to, oh my God, it's a new year and I have to. <laughs> I think it's also because I'm always like that every day where I'm like, mm. okay, it's another day and I have to, you know, reevaluate yeah. things. And... <laughs> well, 2015 was a banner year for Asian Americans in mainstream media. We had. Are we going to be seeing this at the end of every year? I hope. Hopefully, but this year was especially great, just because of all just the breakthroughs that came out this year. Can you you realize that like Fresh Off the Boat premiered this year, right? Season one was February. I have no sense of time, but that is incredible. Yeah. I, for some reason, I felt like it was last year. No, um, Fresh Off the Boat was a mid-season replacement, so it, it didn't premiere till <gasps> we were in um, New York, <laughs> right? Right. Was that the premiere? No, the premiere. We were here. No, we were premiere at was the, in uh, LA. Yeah, we were at. Yeah, the we were at Japanese the Janum. Yeah. Ha, cray. That's but when we were uh, in New York for something else. We were in New York for another episode, like another screening, because Jeff Yang, um, dad of Hudson Yang, who plays Eddie Huang on uh, Fresh Out the Boat, um, was throwing uh, viewing parties every week at the uh, was it Circle or some? Yeah, I was at club. Circle. Yeah. With all that, I just want to talk to you about what do you think your best moment was or the best moment was for 2015? My best moment as a person, as collaboration leader, or as an entertainment person? I don't know. <laughs> Any of those. I didn't really, you know. Best that was, moment? It's open-ended question. Do you have one already in mind? Because I think I need a minute. Uh, I was hoping you would say something so I could think about it. But <laughs> no, I guess um for me it's definitely it would be fresh off the boat because not only did it give us our first uh, Asian American family sitcom in over twenty years, it also gave us our first ever Asian American successful sitcom ever. And you know, it's kind of amazing that it came in the form of a show that's kind of a little fearless in just the, the subjects that it tackles. You know, like it doesn't. A lot of the jokes are very relatable um, to the immigrant experience, but at the same time, very still sharp um, and oftentimes witty. And just um, all the breakout stars from it, you know, Constance Wu, Forrest Wheeler, Ian Chen, um, even um, Hudson Yang and um, Randall, you know, um, who we've known for a while, you know, finally getting his um, his big break. You mean Asian Jim wasn't his big break? <laughs> that was really great, though. No, but I think it's just like totally right. because of the success of this show, right? Like the fall season, you know, I don't know if you can, you know, trace it directly to the success of Fresh Out of the Boat, but I'm sure it didn't hurt that like we finally had a success story and a way to like, you know, like, marketing firms have been trying to crack the Asian American market for a long time. And shows like Fresh Out of the Boat gives them a way to reach you know for brands to reach asian americans and like that sounds more insidious than it is what it really means is that um asian american entertainment like is more viable now because fresh Boats exist than before that's part of why i think 2016 will be even better for us agreed i think on an entertainment front best moment for me all of and maybe the and this might be taking 10 steps back the reason why it's because it's fresher (laughs) um or i mean fresh off the boat absolutely hit a very personal i feel like i experienced 
I kind of I moved to a predominantly white neighborhood when I was pretty much exactly uh, his age, Eddie Huang's age in the show. So it definitely was very personal. But then for some reason, I connected a little bit more with Master of None. <laughs> and that show, I mean, that's super, super, super recent, like one last month. But that's the the maybe it's just because it, it fits my humor a little bit more um I, and i'm just a big aziz fan but i think that was also another huge huge win that for me was um and it was it was not just about the the asian thing at all it was the issues about relationships um the feminist episode oh my god in the first five minutes like he nailed just so much of my frustration with entertainment with just all of it oh my god i but that that show um was pretty breakthrough for me and i'm really happy that it did so well that it was so well received and that it was well made and that it was taken so seriously and that discussion i think broadened um definitely was started in a very specific, like significant way by fresh off the boat but was further expanded to be even more inclusive or you know beyond just the immigrant family but like the young person the one that's now of age to start their own family right um which is the the current place that we're in because you know fresh off the boat is set in the 90s i think it was a very great way to provide perspective so um i don't know i'm just a big fan of that show and it was funny because when i first started the show there was a lot of hype and i liked it a lot but i also felt it didn't start off very well which everyone warned me about but it kind of makes you like okay is this the best and for me the show just kept getting better and better and better and better and by the time it ended i was just like i had so many feelings (laughs) i didn't know what to do with myself yeah which is for me, a good thing. I actually did. Some people might. That sounds terrible, but I love. Well, it. I actually didn't think the first episode was all that bad, but um, yeah, to hear a lot. It wasn't about... bad. It just wasn't strong. Mm. But that's how I felt about Parks and Rec. Everyone talks shit about the first episode of Parks and Rec. I thought it was hilarious. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's so bad." And I was like, no, "It wasn't." <laughs> it's a time and place thing, <laughs> so though. Like with, with own, Parks right? and Rec, is because it came right in the middle of right at the peak of The Office, and that yeah, first yeah, season yeah. was so derivative of The Office that like. You know, they didn't really start developing the characters or their own voice until maybe the second season. So I can see if you started off with Parks and Rec that without that pre, you know. The influence. The inf- with, yeah, without, you know, f- the office fresh on your mind, you know, it's it would probably seem more original. It's so refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> this is refreshingly original. And at the time, I was like, no, it's not. This is <laughs> the poor man's office. I say my best moment for collaborate. I'm actually trying to pinpoint a great collaboration moment and it's a tie, but I'm trying hard to break, but the empower conference versus star. Honestly, both of those events were amazing in impact. I guess I was a little bit more delirious at empower conference, but yeah, no, that was a, I I mean, that was something that we, created from scratch really in like a few from months air guys and yeah just the, the reception was really great and i think yeah for those of you who missed it definitely keep your eyes open this year because we're, we're doing it again because minji's making us november 2016 yeah, right. <laughs> um i'm just saying yeah no that was a great it's, it was just it's amazing how many people are just down to 
support, right? Like we didn't get a lot of straight up no's and the people who couldn't help out either as a speaker or as a panelist were like so apologetic about it, you know? And sad. They were sad that they couldn't be there. Yeah. That's, you know, it's not even just like they're sorry. It's like they were really, they wanted to be there. That was what was so touching. (laughs) But for me, I can't get over the idea, the fact that it went from idea to reality. That's something that was very, very um, surreal. But it's surreal, but then you feel it. Like you're like, we did this. And that's like the best feeling ever. So... I think that's something that will last, I mean, very much as a motivator for it it trickles into everything else, right? It gives you this, sorry to be cliche and hokey, but it gives you this empowering feeling of I can make things happen. You know what I mean? And it was very much a team effort. It was very much like there's no, oh, I've made this all by myself. It was we all had to put in our effort where we could and where we excelled. And then that's how it all came to fruition. That's something that was just, I don't know, very, very transcendent for me. It was just another world because we've always been kind of following more or less a legacy that's been laid before us for collaboration in terms of doing the shows. There's nothing wrong with that. Each time we do make a show, that show very well could have not have ever happened, right? So in essence, we are always creating, right? But this was kind of just something very new and different. And a different uh, dynamic, a different conversation. People were extremely raw about their feelings about everything. It wasn't this, well, you know, when I'm feeling just a little bit upset, it's like, no, they were so honest. They're like, no, I'm fucking pissed about this. This sucks. This hurts. And people were crying. And like, honestly, I, I, I appreciate that so much because I'd rather have that conversation than... I feel like it's much quicker. I think you're making this conference sound more scary than it actually was. Just it's crying and people were intense I'm, and no, there I'm. They was not crying throughout the whole thing. At certain points, people were being very, very vulnerable, and that's the kind of stuff I love. I'm not trying to make everyone cry all the time, but if at any point you can be moved so emotionally that you're being that honest, I mean, that's pretty. It doesn't happen all the time, is what I'm saying. So. Yeah. That was just very um, awe-inspiring for me. Yeah. That was a great moment. <laughs> I think my collaboration greatest moment is probably getting this podcast off the ground and the fact that we were able to do it Hi. every single goddamn week until, well, up till this week. And we're, we're four weeks away from a whole year of this. Yeah. Like there are, like, let's say each podcast is about an hour and a half. There's like a gajillion hours of us talking right that i think my math checks out there it's okay yes, i'm yes. asian the I math check. checks out a gajillion <laughs> <laughs> we trust you no you're you're accurate yeah and like just i hope when i go back and listen to this if i ever go back and listen to our podcast we're not just repeating the same things over and over again but it's kind of well there's a little <laughs> bit of that but whatever <laughs> but it's kind of been kind of just really cool to have this as an outlet for us to just talk about the issues of Asian Americans in entertainment or just vent about our lives and t- discuss and talk about, you know, you know, your meditation and sickness and, you know, my international travel or whatever. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's been, it's been a lot of fun and uh. it's, um, I'm very, I'm just like, 
I'm kind of really proud that we've been able to keep it up because it could have very easily just been one and done, you know? Very true. I'm proud of you, Marv. I mean, that's the, I think 2015 most repeated conversation was how much I didn't want to do this. <laughs> or how, not that I didn't want to do it. I just didn't see the, the use of it or I was just, that first one, I think that's been brought up a lot. How I was so resistant. Yeah. So resistant. I can't talk. How I was so resistant. <laughs> Like, I don't have anything to talk about for an hour. What are we talking about? <laughs> I took an hour to say how I don't have anything to talk about yeah. for an hour. No, it was really cool. And I'm very proud of you, Marvin, because this is, it's really, and, and now I'm just like, as you're speaking, I'm like reflecting on all the funny, amazing people that have been in my living room to contribute to all these really amazing discussions where I'm just learning. My my mind is being expanded and I'm laughing so hard that I can't breathe. And those are good moments, you know? Yeah. Those are really, really good times. Yeah, and it's only going to get better because, you know, we're going to keep creating and keep doing stuff and keep bringing. Well, once you get back to L.A., I feel like we can then, I don't know, and maybe that's what I'll do while I'm in bed and I'm not reading or Netflixing. I'll just make my list of people to invite. There's a lot of people who want to come be part of this, and I apologize. It's just it's been kind of a ridiculous time with Marvin traveling and me being an invalid. But yeah, we're gonna have some great guests. You said I'm coming back to LA. I'm excited. I never said that. Fine, we'll just continue <laughs> this international jet setting, country hopping recording. It's fine though. I'm saying it's fine. It's cool with me because I know how to run the <laughs> recording oh, yeah. now. Like a pro. we're not gonna talk about last last week's um, failure to export. Shut up. <laughs> hey, not my fault. Stupid SD card. It's technology's fault. It's not right. mine. Yeah. Well, 2015 has been pretty great. Um, do you have any, do you have personal ones though, Marv? Because these are all like work related and Asian related. But quite frankly, you know, we're three dimensional people and there's other things besides that. Um, I'm glad that Star Wars came out. I heard that you liked it, which is good. I was really afraid that you were going to like it because sometimes when people hype things up to you, you end up not liking it and that makes me sad. Yeah, you got, that was very upsetting. I'm sorry. That was like a dark moment <laughs> of our friendship. Um, no, I really liked it. I want, I, I'm the next Jedi. I want to be in the this movie. Is just because Oscar Isaac's in it? To be honest, I didn't real. I was just really enamored by Poe, but I didn't realize that was Oscar Isaac. I didn't until Did you later. know that... Donald Gleason's also in it, the other guy from Ex Machina. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's Where? the evil admiral, Admiral Hux. No way. Yeah. <gasps> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> My brain is blown. No, um, I really like Star Wars. I, um, I to be honest, because of all the hype around the the uh, you know the diverse casting, for some reason, like when they make that like the leading press thing. It annoys me. It kind of rubs me the wrong way. I'm like, just let's enjoy the movie and then appreciate that it's diverse. You don't have to lead with that because I feel like that's such a, it's such a uh, PR move, right? Well, I mean, then when I watched so much, it, I really there, liked it. I mean, there's so much like um, talk about diversity in Hollywood recently that you know, whenever right. someone no, of it's diversity, it's 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 also like a marketing and PR thing. But I think what like. Now we're going to talk about Star Wars, sorry. Tangent. But I think what really happened was, like, what really brought a lot of attention to it was the backlash against it. And like, Yeah, yeah, that's true. And how, like, kind of dumb it was. <laughs> like, 
I completely oh. forgot about that. So I take back <laughs> what I said. No, it's it's true. I think it's again because it, it depends on your context. Like we are always in this defensive mode, and we have the rep sweats, and that's completely valid. Um, I just I kind of want to just sometimes I want the movie to come out and no discussion about that to be had. Just like make it, let people take it in and see how awesome it is without having to acknowledge that. Do you get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? But like it's it's absolutely necessary. It's absolutely, you know, important to point that out because I was bitching because the preview for Star Wars was the gods of Egypt, whatever piece of garbage <laughs> movie with like it looked like they were at the Hamptons, not in Egypt, but whatever. are you kidding me you know what i'm saying so it is important it's important i think i just it's my context yeah forgive me also there are a a lot of asians in this one too um i think the entirety Mm -hmm. of the original three movies not including the the prequel trilogy there's just one um i think it was a y-wing pilot not that that means anything to you minji but um it doesn't this one has um ken leung as uh, one of the admirals for the resistance which is really cool and um, like another Asian girl as an X-wing pilot, which is pretty awesome. That could have been me. That could have been you. I'll be her. I'll be her wing woman. I, <laughs> I think I, she I was. Yeah, I think she's like a British Korean actress. That's dope. Yeah. See, here's the the thing that I walked out really praising J.J. Abrams because in one year, he turned me on to sci-fi. Not that I ever hated it. It just never was particularly interested in it. And that's why I think, I've said this before, I think that's what's amazing about movies when they're done well. They can make a fan out of someone who really gave no Fs before, right? And this year, I watched Star Trek randomly one night on Netflix and and Star Wars. And both of those, you know, are like just decades of fans and, you know, of the subculture of Trekkies and Star Wars fanatics, right? And I've never disrespected that. And I'm like, that's really cool. I'm just not part of it. And now I'm kind of like, this is amazing. I need to watch all the movies before to understand (laughs) what they're talking about. That's pretty awesome. So good job, Mr. Abrams. Yeah. Let's work together. Join us. I think when I was in middle school, I probably watched the trilogy like three times every weekend. It'd be just, it'd be, you know, like sometimes you just, you know, you, 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 you put friends on just like kill time yeah on the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah that's what i used to do with star wars um nice. back in middle school yeah well we were, we we're I, super into it i i'm a new i'm a new fan <laughs> that's what i'm saying when you build a good story and that's what i appreciate about it that you didn't have to there was enough it was it was told well and acted well and edited well to give enough context that you could figure it out <laughs> so you didn't need to know everything that happened before you're like oh and luckily, I was watching it with a friend who did know everything before. So I was like, just, what is that? What well, I'm kind of rolling around the idea of doing a, like a spoiler podcast for all our friends who are really into Star Wars that really want to talk about it in a more official context. Because there's a lot of things about that movie that like, like I need to unwrap and I think I need to talk to some of our friends. But the most interesting thing is... I think is, we should. <laughs> Yeah, so that might be some new content coming up next year. The collaboration spoiler cast. I mean, come on. It's already like the end of December. Pretty much anyone who cares to have watched it has watched it by now, which is incredible. <laughs> I mean, this is like a box office, you know, Guinness. Yeah, that, that movie made, I think, it, what did it beat? It beat like another movie. It beat 
Well, I think it's on track to beat Avatar even. But I think that, it that, already did. I think it domestically did. Prob- probably. Um, the thing was, Avatar was a huge hit in China, and oh. the Chinese, the Taiwanese love like. My dad was a huge Star Wars fan because it, you know, it came out when he was like a young adult. Um, but China Chinese people don't really know much about Star Wars, so they don't really have the nostalgia. Um, right. So it'd be interesting how well it does. Um, they're definitely making a big marketing push out there, but yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm sure how well domestically it, does. it shattered everything, right? <laughs> yeah, and it is a special effects driven, you know, movie, so. We'll see. But they did it so well that I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I like, there's definitely that Star Wars style that's different than other sci-fi. That's why I feel for a director, it's super, we could talk about this for days, but I feel like it's so intimidating, right? To take something that's already been established for so long, to do right by its legacy, by its story, and then make something totally fresh and new that, you know what I'm saying? That the new fans or people have no... Anything That's kind of been J.J. Abrams' thing for like his last few movies, like not even Star Trek. Like his last, um, his last movie before that was um, Super Eight, which is pretty much um, a riff on E.T. and Mr. He, Abrams, and then um, Mission Impossible Three, Badass. which is a riff on Mission Impossible. No redoing after the um, after the kind of um, not debacle, but the kind of Mission Impossible Two wasn't. It was a good action movie, but it wasn't really a Mission Impossible movie. And, like, that series was thought dead until Abrams came back and did Mission Impossible 3 and did it right. So, it's been kind of, yeah, kind it's been of kind of badass. his thing. Yeah. Kind of a badass. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Like, a big fan now. And he does all this kind of stuff that I've really never been really into. <laughs> Which is cool. Yeah. JJ, let's work together. <laughs> I promise that, uh, I'll learn all the fight fighting sequences and become really athletic. Well, but yeah, we'll see. Um, what about your personal highlight of 2015? <laughs> That's it. Um, I have no idea. Turning 30 was pretty cool, though it happened in a in a very like plot twisting way i guess with my grandfather passing away right before my birthday um but in general turning 30 i guess that's like a meta moment if you will this year um becoming more of an adult has been great <laughs> it's interesting like it. that people like set 30 as a milestone for becoming an adult i but really then, like... didn't i kind of did but i didn't i was i'm more like i break my own rules all the time so yeah, I mean, I feel like when I turned thirty, I just felt the same as when, like, even like when I turned twenty, I was like, I so I could drink legally now. Uh, oh yeah, twenty one, I didn't care at all. You know? it, it mattered not at all to me. But thirty, for some reason, it's it it felt more symbolic. Maybe again, something I just made in my own head. But regardless, like I felt a, a shift. I'm like, okay, I'm not a kid anymore. Not to say that thirty is not young, but I don't know. It's just feeling more, feeling better about being responsible, having that be something that's really, I don't know, like sexy instead of being, (laughs) oh, I have to be an adult now. No, I was like, no, I love being an adult. I love making better choices. I love feeling um, confident about my decisions and myself. It's a, I just would never go back. (laughs) 
Not that I can, but if I could, I wouldn't. I mean, That's have you hung out? Not, not like if you're under 25 listening to this, no offense, but have you hung out with like young adults lately? I hang out with like, young adults <laughs> all the time from club. I love them. Oh, it's like. <laughs> Marvin's like, I'm exhausted thinking about it. <laughs> That's why I think I'm grateful. This is why I think because of that context of being able to appreciate you know still feeling young like it's not like we're i'm not like an old fuddy-duddy <laughs> whatever everybody has their own thing but i i get to go out and enjoy the young life but i i've never been big on drinking and i love going dance i love going out and i love being adventurous and all that stuff but yeah i i feel like i get the best of both worlds thanks to collab thank you collab and my acting friends and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And I appreciate it because it's always that like perspective of, oh, I remember at that point the things that um, that I can impart a little bit of life experience driven wisdom to younger friends. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a reminder. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, there was a point where I was a lot more confused or frustrated with X, Y, Z. And I'm really not anymore. And that's that's a good thing. I think yeah. it's a good thing to feel. Now I have other stress. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the things. Growing older is just eventually, you real you you know. There's a lot of articles about like you have a limited number of like fucks to give, and I think that's a lesson you just learn as you get older. It's just like, yeah, I, I ain't got time this, for this shit. You literally don't have the energy. You're just <laughs> okay. Whereas like certain things that like don't mean anything to me now meant so much, and just think about yeah. all the. Th- just the energy you like wasted just like caring about this thing that ultimately didn't lead anywhere or didn't mean anything or like yeah yeah it's... see but then you can't again subjective and we can get on this philosophical conversation but it's at some point it had to mean everything for you to understand that it didn't mean as much do you know what i'm saying i don't think well, yeah, you I can mean... ever come out of the womb and just be so wise and say you're not <laughs> worth my you're not worth the air that you're breathing it's fine go away yeah no i mean for sure you everyone is a sum total of their experiences you know the good and the bad but at the same time i know what you mean you're like why why it's so funny because it's for me i made some stupid decisions based on people that i don't even like i don't remember what (laughs) like when we were even close in each other's universes but i remember decisions being made based on like oh but i need to stay near this guy or like what happened you know what i'm saying like relationships and um friendships that you thought were everything and you didn't want to leave it behind so then you like kind of don't go for your dream or you know what i'm saying that's a very dramatic thing but it happens all the time all these like little decisions to not go somewhere not do something because yeah. of this or that reason it's it's mind-boggling, and then you're just like, why did I do that? That was so dumb. <laughs> Such a waste. But I'm hoping to make that a positive thing. That's this is We're sharing this to be positive, guys. It's to say that we all have experiences to teach us things, and then you just reflect on it and get educated so you don't make the same types of quote, you know mistakes or choices moving forward. And you feel better about it. It's great. Yeah. All I mean, words. one of the, the best things that when I – you know, mentor youngins is <laughs> just like, <laughs> Those like young if you want to do something, do it or figure out how to do it. Find out who to talk to to make it happen. Because the truth is like, 
like making mistakes when you're young is so much easier than making mistakes when you're older. Especially when you know responsibilities start piling up and like the stakes get higher. Like when you're when you're young, like like you know you make a mistake at work, it's like oh well you know I just started. You guys should train me better or something. Well, this is the thing. Like, and if I think this is a really great way to wrap up the podcast is to talk about next year for me. I am actually moving into a space where I I kind of use the milestones of the new year a little bit less. I feel like, again, with this this feeling of time speeding up and the scarcity of time, I feel like I'm constantly – I'm reevaluating a lot more frequently than just once a year, right? So to me, this new year is definitely symbolic, but less so than other years because I feel like I'm just continuing on this – journey of development and growth or whatever and i'm already starting on my new year's resolution i'm gonna wait until friday but for those of you who are definitely and and that's just me but i think for everyone else who's in that reevaluation mode you know you guys we all hear it from a lot of different people especially at this time of year but it really is a reminder that you know we have the ability to make our lives happen and we can't rely on anybody else to do that for us and that's a really awesome thing so my concluding thoughts for 2015 are eyes open stay positive but stay real and then let's all value our time together i think time is again always a good reminder at new year's that time's our most valuable resource so spend it wisely people that are awesome and that you care about doing things that you that are fulfilling to you i think that's what everyone's trying to that's what everyone's real uh unicorn is having a fulfilled <laughs> life <laughs> and it plays out differently yeah good advice for everyone um and that about does it for this podcast um it's been a lot of fun um talking with you guys this whole year and uh, we're looking forward to more in 2016 um yeah so happy new year's guys um that's a wrap for 2015 at the Clubcast. next time we see you it'll be a whole new year cray be <laughs> safe everyone write down your goals have a happy new year um if you're in the west coast stay warm if you're from the east coast um you know stay cool Oh, and there was like a really, okay, sorry, it's a totally random weather thing, but there's been like a really bad storm that's now traveling eastward, and Texas had really bad, uh, <laughs> some bad damage, so uh, stay safe out there. That's my, the mother Minji coming out. Please stay safe. And uh, See, this is what happens when I talk about weather. I should just. But it's real. <laughs> this is our, <laughs> this is our lives. Uh, <sighs> okay. Enjoy your New Year's, guys. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Yeah, wrapping up for real now. Have a great uh, rest of the week, and we'll see you guys in 2016. I don't want to hear. Grab your batteries because your hips don't lie. My smart's so crazy, and my skin's so bright. You a ballerina, cool, I'm a disco. God, excuse me, I'm a bang, bang, I'm a shot. Me no bar, gonna interrupt your workshop. Without you, I should stop. You're thirsty, so I grab your coke pop. Hey, girl, hit me with your voodoo. Choreos are washed up in YouTube. They close you wear, mama. I'm cool.